Welcome to an especially exciting episode of Dementia Dialogue, when we begin a new series on arts and dementia, curated and hosted by Lisa Loisel. The series will explore how the arts can increase the quality of life for people living with dementia and care partners. Some listeners might take up some new art form as a result, and others might incorporate the arts into how they support people with lived experience. In our first episode, Lisa Machino, an artist and researcher and practitioner, talks about her work in bringing the arts and people with lived experience together. Let's listen now as the two Lisas talk about hearts and the arts. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. Hi, I'm so delighted to be here. It's so wonderful to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, this is such an important conversation. Yeah. Um, we've been reading a lot and seeing a lot about how uh, the arts, um, the importance of arts for people living with dementia and their families in yeah. their lives. It's not only a, you know, we, we, don't, we don't just think about um, physical needs or cognitive needs. We also yeah. think about people's um, spiritual needs and their, yeah. their, their need to express themselves. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. To be themselves. Their need to be, to be themselves fully. Yeah. yeah. So tell me, uh, tell, tell our audience a little bit about yeah. your involvement in the arts. So I uh, am a practicing artist. I've, I've studied painting and drawing and uh, for, for a number of years and am continuing to, to work and build my skills. And that has uh, developed my, my personal practice. But um, more than that, I uh, love the idea of community arts. So community engaged arts where the arts are used in our vehicle, they are a, a way to build community, build relationships, build um, a sense of togetherness for people living in communities. And through community engaged arts, you know, that can cover um, including youth and uh, older, like elders in the community, and specifically coming back to our topic, seniors. Or, or individuals who are living with dementia. So for a number of years, my creative practice has very much focused on arts in the community, arts that can serve various populations uh, and with a focus specifically on um, individuals who are living with the experience of dementia and, and um, seeing how there's potential for the arts to improve and enhance their quality of life, their relationships, and their sense of connection to their communities. Now, Lisa, we worked together um, back uh, several years ago. Yeah. We won't say how many. Um, several, several years ago when you were a postdoc right. at, um, at the University of Waterloo. Yeah. And at that time, you were working on a program called Gather at the Gallery. Now, so you're an artist. Mm -hmm. Was working on Gather at the Gallery one of your first um, experiences working with people living with dementia? Not my first, but it was one of the, the first big cohesive uh, projects, I guess, that, that intentionally was designed um, 
co-designed with in partnership with the local Alzheimer's Society chapter and local arts organizations and local artists. So it was really the first kind of large scale, uh, fully communitive, community, fully co-creative, collaborative kind of project. Just prior to that project, I had done some volunteer work at Sunnybrook's um, Veteran Center where they have a very fulsome creative arts therapy program and worked uh, with a music therapist there. And that was one of my first uh, introductions to working with individuals living with dementia and specifically older individuals living with dementia, which was something that was of great interest and a passion of mine. So for me, the exploring through the gather at the gallery was like a natural a natural progression from that. It was really, it came out of a couple of things. If, if I can tell you this story, I've got a story to tell you. So the Gather, yeah, at, the Gallery, Gather at the Gallery program really came about through the convergence of a bunch of moments in my life. So I was um, knew that I was interested in working with seniors. I was also at that time, uh, just prior to that time, taking a course in my graduate work on aging and came to understand from a different perspective, sort of the neuroscience of aging and cognitive impairment. And uh, so I had both of these uh, experiences, both the immersive arts, personal relationship experience, and then the sort of academic side of it. And it really got me wondering about, you know, if communication becomes the barrier when someone has dementia, and, and, you know, along with that, an assumption that somehow memory gets lost or inaccessible, surely there must be other pathways for us to access, for individuals to access some of those memories or those experiences to be able to connect with themselves in that sense of continuity. And so it got me looking um, for doing research for visual arts and arts and, and dementia, like who's been doing who's been doing the research on the potential for the arts for individuals living with dementia. And I came across the um, wonderful Meet Me at the MoMA program, the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And they were right. already doing a, an incredible program there of where individuals living in the community who had dementia and their care partners would attend the gallery. They would look at art, they would be guided through um, like a, a, a guided tour of very specific artwork and they would build conversation and dialogue and engagement around uh, looking at these specific works and creating as a result increased sense of connection uh, with the community, sort of being able to go out into the community and do the things that everybody does and enjoys again and being able for persons with dementia to connect with their care partner to share an experience that was pleasurable and enjoyable and something they could continue to talk about. So that was really the, the impetus and the inspiration for Gather at the Gallery. And just, and funnily enough, just as I was researching that, someone at the Alzheimer's Society in, in Kitchener-Waterloo contacted me and they heard that I was interested in this and they wanted to, to develop this program. So it's like all the stars aligned and, <laughs> and uh, 
you know, they wanted to develop this kind of community program and they wanted re a research component to it. So we really worked together to develop a full initiative, one that was, you know, a very mindfully designed, um, inclusive program where uh, individuals in the community with their care partners would go to various art, local artist studios or um, galleries and museums to both look at art and discuss art and also to get their hands on materials and to be uh, and to create in in a sort of open guided form of instruction and of course there would be then the research component was really attached to that program was really um, gathering the stories. So listening to what the experience of living with dementia for both the person with dementia and their care partner was prior to the program and then inviting them to share their experiences during the course of the year that they were involved in the program and after that year and reflecting on that. So it was such an exciting program. I mean, I could talk about this all day, as you can tell. <laughs> well, I remember, um, I remember actually going to the art exhibition mm -hmm. at the end of mm -hmm. the Gather at the Gallery program, yeah. and how incredible and uh, the the art was, and yeah. but just how proud yeah. people were of what they had done, and yeah. just so if you can imagine, it was. It's like a, a regular art gallery with yeah. piece, pieces of, you know, glasswork and yeah. clay work. Yeah. And it, people had been throwing pottery and not literally throwing pottery, but making pottery <laughs> um, and uh, fabric work. And yeah. it was just an incredible thing. Yeah. So with the research, the, yeah. the, the pre and, and post mm -hmm. talking, the mm -hmm. research lingo, when, yes. what did, what did you find? What was that experience like for, for those individuals working in, yeah. in your program? Oh, it was, it was incredible before, because a lot of the, so the, a lot of the couples, uh, most of them were, were husbands and wives, spouses. There were a few uh, like mother and daughter as well um, there. But um, the pairs, I guess, the, uh, that were part of it, there was a lot of, uh, prior to the conversation, the experience of living with dementia was definitely the focus in the conversation was very much about loss. It was about everything that was changed. It was the change that was depriving them of all the things that they loved to do, the way that they loved to be feelings of inadequacy, self-consciousness, all that, um, you know, for the person living with dementia when they're undergoing uh, some of the changes that they experience, there's a sense of, I can't, you know, I, I want to go out with my friends again, but I feel they don't know what to say to me and I can't follow the conversation very well. So I don't know what I can contribute. And, and there's that retreat that, uh, that creates that uh, withdrawal from social life, from family life, from re mm -hmm. relationships, that feeling of not being able to engage anymore. And it creates this sense of deep isolation for the person living with dementia and as well for the person who's caring for them. You know, it becomes a lot of managing the grief, the loss, the sadness, you know, the, the, for the care partner, there's a sense of like, grieving the person who they feel like 
you know, they're seeing someone change and they, they're seeing that this isn't the same person that I knew. And so there's on both sides, the experience is one of disconnect, of withdrawal, of having for the care partner too, having to balance keeping life going mm-hmm. and at the same time doing a lot of the, the care of physical and emotional support that goes into that and getting burned out. So it's such a complex situation and it's so fraught with emotion and and lots of sadness. So that was prior to, and in a, and so when we invited people to who expressed an interest in the program to 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 join this program, you know there was a little bit of hesitancy as well, both because they were concerned about what they might be able to do, but also that a lot of the folks that participated didn't have an art background, so. Mm-hmm heard a lot of like, oh, I'm not an artist, you know, I do craft or I do gardening or maybe I like cooking or I play golf, but I'm not really an artist. So, but I'm open to this, right? So they were open to joining the program, which was great. But generally speaking, there was, you know, the prior, prior to the program, it was in terms of dementia, it was an experience of loss and sadness and, and also hesitancy in terms of jumping into something new, completely mm-hmm. new for a lot of them. Post program, it was a complete turnaround. It was, I mean, we watched over the course of the year, we, we ran several sessions. They were about five weeks each with per artist or per um, museum or gallery. And we kept a good, we kept the same group of people. They kept returning over and over because there was very little attrition, I guess you would say, loss of participants because people were, they loved that they were learning something new. They loved the gentle approach, the inclusive social mm-hmm. element of it. It, it was, um, and it was a very unique approach. And I think that's what made it possible as well. It was not, it was really designed for people who are not necessarily knowledgeable in the arts and also for, for people who are living with the experience of dementia. So it's not about following a set of instructions. It's not about big uh, volumes of facts and information just sort of dumped on you to sort of process. It was really interactive. It was really driven by the observations and the wisdom and the stories of the participants themselves. That's what came out. So when you're looking at a piece of art, it it was making that personal connection and using that personal connection to to engage with the work of art. And also in the case of making art, it was using their experience, the tactile sensory experience of the materials themselves and letting that guide them in in sort of making the, whatever the object was that we were hoping to make, whether it was like a glass plate or a pottery dish or bowl or a collage, you know, it was just, getting a feel in their hands of the clay or the paper or um, and being able to choose you know their materials according to what they liked Mm, choice what what exactly what they were drawn to what colors did they like what did they like the feel of what were some objects from home that that meant something to them that they could incorporate in some way into the art so all of those things were um I think made it a very positive experience. It, it really opened up 
what was possible for them. And it was beautiful to see because in the course of the, um, in the course of participating in a session, you know, as people got comfortable with each other and comfortable with the, the artists and, you know, it was something they looked forward to every week. And it was, they formed these friendships among themselves that would spill out beyond the, just the limits of that program. So they would meet outside of the program socially for, they would organize little day trips for themselves, or they would they would go off to the museum on a weekend and have a look at what's what the latest exhibit is. They felt that comfortable and that excited about an, you know, uh, a whole new world of, of art and culture and knowing that they are a part of it. Um, is really was really something special. That was several years ago that uh, that that program um, launched, uh, and I know since then you have been doing some other incredible um, work. I know you were up in the northern regions of the province uh, yeah. doing some work there, and yeah. uh, more recently in Toronto um, mm -hmm. at the Bitov Academy. So, can you just talk about some of those other? Um, yeah. engagements that you've uh, that you've been working Absolutely. on? Yeah, I mean, after Gather at the Gallery, I was delighted to come on board uh, a, a new pilot project called the Dots of Bito Wellness Academy, uh, which opened its doors in 2013. It was a, a learning, a center of arts-based learning in the community for, uh, again, for individuals living with, with dementia. And for their family members, there was support uh, for their family members as well. And it was a project that was the brainchild of, or the, the between, it was a partnership between University Health Network and the York University School of Aging, uh, School of Nursing, <laughs> sorry. And uh, they uh, wanted to create an environment and a, a place where, based on a philosophy of relational care, that has very deep roots. This idea has very deep roots in the nursing programs and the nursing literature. So taking that concept, that idea, that philosophy of relational care, something that care that is very much focused on, on relationships and relationship building and all that, that, all that goes with it, taking that philosophy and creating a, a special environment where you, you actually have space to explore and practice that and the arts are a way to, to, of engagement. They are the way in to engage with people with dementia um, and, and their care partners. So it was a, a beautiful, just another incredible, beautiful space. And it was located in Toronto and uh, it was for people living in the community who were living with the experience of dementia. They were invited in to participate um, in either half day or full day programming. Um, so we had music, we had drama and theater, we had poetry and storytelling, uh, visual art, dance and movement like yoga, all of that was, was on offer at the Dots of Beethoven Academy. And it was, those were the forms of creative engagement by which we uh, where the focus was getting to know people, getting to know, again, it was a way of bonding with people, of forming relationships. You're, you know, you're, you're learning about people's stories, about what's important to them uh, in their lives and what they're, you know, 
where they've come from, where they're going, what their dreams are, what, what are their current interests and what's important to them now, you know, given their history. And, and all of that is explored through making music together or making uh, visual art together or moving together, whether it's a, you know, a wild freeform freestyle dance party or, you know, more guided yoga or Nia type of movement. Uh, it's, you know, just, it was an incredible place of learning and for everybody involved. So, you know, it sounds like a very simple concept, but it was very challenging. Uh, I, I was involved in this as an artist and, and at the start and sort of getting the program up, up and going and helping with, you know, learning about how do we translate relational care into a practice how do we walk the talk, in other words? And, and it was a learning process for all of us involved, for the staff, for the volunteers, for the artists, the, the professional artists who came in to work and, and engage with, with folks there, as well as the participants. We were all learning together. So it was a unique environment in that way, in that you know, we, everybody had to kind of throw out the concept that that they're experts in a certain field, that we are, we engage with each other, staff, family, uh, participants, volunteers, we engage with each other, both as teachers and as learners. We're all there to learn from each other. We're all there to share our knowledge and wisdom with each other what, in whatever form that takes, that takes place in. So, you know, some, it's not, it wasn't so much a teaching in the sense of you have a teacher who's telling you things. It was, we're sitting side by side, we're engaging in conversation over a family style lunch. Uh, we are listening to music together and, uh, and creating story together or sharing story together or memories with each other. You know, that kind of thing. We're, and we're learning to let go of some of the rigid structures of of learning that we, you know, we, we pick up in our lives. We, we have a certain idea, like for example, I'll give you an example. As an artist uh, running a program, you might, want, you might go in thinking, okay, I've got a, a plan. We're gonna do this today. And it's gonna look like this. And I'm gonna start with this. And we're gonna do X, Y, and Z, and it'll take us to the finished product. Great. And you go in and, you know, you may have someone who's not having a good day or, you know, they are just, they are quiet or, you know, they've got something on their mind. Something happened that morning in the process of getting up and, and getting themselves to the location, you know, and it's, it's just changed how they are engaging in that moment. And so suddenly, you know, your plan may not work. It, you may not be able to uh, reach that person. And so what's more important then? Is it, you know, plowing on with the plan you have, or you toss that away and you work in the moment and you are, are you receive what's being given to you and you work together uh, using your, all your senses, your imagination to um, see where, you know, creative engagement can happen and where that takes you. So, you know, you may go in with an idea for, we're gonna do a painting today, but in the end, maybe what you do is you, you end up writing a poem together mm -hmm. that's based on the mood or 
you know, uh, a story that came out in the course of conversation that morning. So, you know, there's that needing to be flexible, needing to adapt, needing to learn and respond and slow yourself down and just really be fully present in the moment. So the Bitov Academy was such a, an incredible place. For, you know, it just the relationships that I formed with the staff there and with participants were very deep because of that. And it stayed with me when um, I had the opportunity to leave Toronto and to go up to Sault Ste. Marie to do some work there with the Alzheimer's Society. I really carried all that I learned there about relational care and uh, what's possible. And so when I was up north, you know, I never forgot the, the experience at the Bitov Academy was so powerful and the relationship so strong that I stayed in touch with people there and ended up saw an opportunity uh, in conversation with the uh, uh, program coordinator there to connect the two communities, you know, that, that we can build relationships, not just with people who are right there in front of us, you know, we can build, we can create connections across geographical divide as well. And so what we did was we concocted this little mail art project where uh, members of the Bitov Academy were creating little postcards with drawings or, you know, inspirational words or phrases on them and colors, just communicating something about their day or what they would hope for their friends in the North for their day. And they would mail those off to us in the North. And it was just, you know, amazing to be in the office and to receive this package and open it up together, the staff and, and uh, some of the participants who were at the office for their recreational programming. Um, and to see, you know, these beautiful, colorful, joyful messages, you know, and to be able to pin them up on the wall and have them look at them and then make their own and send them back down and address it to members of the Bitov Academy. So there was this beautiful dialogue that was visual and creative happening and creating this rapport. So, you know, there's so many possibilities for connecting communities, connecting people to their communities and connecting people to each other, I think, through the arts. You know, programs like this really go against the people's ideas of, uh, or the, the stigma that's placed mm -hmm. on, on people living with oh, dementia. It just goes completely in the opposite direction because, yeah. you know, a lot of people in, in the general population would think, well, how could they create, how could a person living with dementia create art? How can they connect when they mm -hmm. don't have the, mm -hmm. the cognitive ability to mm -hmm. do that? Mm -hmm. And that's why I think the arts is so important because it really does open people up to a different way of communication. Like you yes. said at the beginning, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, with people living with dementia, mm -hmm. you, they can still communicate. You have to find those, yeah. those ways, those expressions that yeah. allow them to do that. And, yeah. you know, all of these programs really speak to that, you know, it mm -hmm. kind of throws it in the face of people that think that, yeah. you know, you can't, you, you, yeah. it's not possible for them to be involved in something like this. It's very interesting that when you talk about stigma, so community, and I remember at one time wanting, asking around a few coffee shops and you know public locations where we could have the, I, I thought it would be great to bring some of this artwork that had been created 
into the community, to get it into the community again, to, to subvert the stigma that is associated, mm-hmm. right? To show people, like you said, when we had the, the exhibition of the gather at the gallery work at the button factory, people who came in to see it were amazed by the beauty of the work, the quality of the work. And they didn't necessarily know that, that it was created by somebody with dementia. It was not a factor in mm-hmm. how they responded to the work. So that idea was like, let's get the artwork into the community. And, you know, obviously if people can see the glorious work that's created, it might help shift some of that stigma that's in there, but there is still a barrier just to even um, approach certain businesses. Like uh, I remember one business fellow, one fellow who ran a business in in, um, Waterloo said to me, well, you know, those, why would we want that artwork on our wall? That's just going to depress people. I'm like, you know, because I'm not quite sure what, you know, he was getting at depressed them because they were done by people with dementia and dementia is such a, you know, it's a horrible thing Mm -hmm. or because you think the artwork itself is going to be depressing, like the whole, it just really revealed to me how deeply rooted and, and, you know, we don't really examine sometimes those assumptions that we make, but it was definitely there. And how do you shift that? You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's can be, there's still a lot of work to do in terms of shifting like any kind of culture change is is slow change and so that that those but it's good to hear that like those kind of um, assumptions about living with dementia are definitely still out there and there's lots of fear around it and so you know there is there's a place and there is definitely a need for more community engagement more um you know, and the arts are a great way to do that. I want to thank you, Lisa, for um, just sharing all of your knowledge and experience and uh, the lovely programs that you've worked on over the years. It, uh, I've seen the end results. I've seen the, what, how the, what the process is like and how that's impacted, um, you know, folks living with dementia and their families. And I thank you for that work. Thanks very much to Lisa Machino for the insightful conversation and to Lisa Lazell. I too often think of dementia as a communication disorder along with other issues where our usual channels of communication no longer work. As Lisa shows, the arts open up new channels to both the person with lived experience and those in relationship with them. Be sure to have a look at our show note for more information about relational care and the arts, and also go to our resource page under the arts section, where we have posted several paintings and photos that Lisa Machino shared with us. You will enjoy looking at them. Our website again is dementiadialogue.ca. We want to expand our virtual gallery and library and we would like your help. If you are a person with lived experience who has produced some art, perhaps a painting, a drawing, a poem, a song, or a story, please share it with us. Perhaps you have performed something that has been recorded. Please send this along to us at dementia.dialogue at lakeheadu.ca and we will post it on our website in our virtual gallery and library. 
Maybe you are involved in an arts group. If so, send us a note about it, including how others might get involved. We will also post these opportunities so that others can involve, get involved or perhaps create opportunities closer to home. Send the information to us at dementia.dialogue at lakeheadu.ca. Our next episode begins another new series on the experience of folks who identify with the LGBTQ2S community and how dementia affects them in specific ways. It will be interspersed with our series on the arts over the next couple of months. Thanks to the Centre for Education and Research on Aging and Health at Lakehead University, our institutional partner, and the, to the Public Health Agency of Canada for its financial support. My name is David Harvey.